What is going on, guys? It is your boy Perry back with another edition of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. As always, guys, follow me on Twitter, 49ers Perry. That's the team name, 49ers Perry, P E R R Y, all together. And I'm very excited to bring you guys another edition of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. It'll be just me today. Zach wasn't feeling too well, so I don't mind, man. Hopefully, Zach will start feeling better soon. But nonetheless, you guys get me for about half an hour or so. So I'm pretty excited. I don't know if you guys are excited, but at least when I get to listen to this, I'll say, man, I am excited to listen to myself. Conceded much? Nah, just kidding, just kidding. Anyways, though, guys, let's get into it. I just want to say today's episode is brought to you by Hue Kitchen. Hue is a family-funded chocolate and snacking company focused on creating products that match ultra-simple ingredients with unbeatable taste. Built on a strong mission to help people get back to human, Hue only uses simple, real, and responsibly sourced ingredients. Hue obsessively vets every ingredient to unite unbeatable tastes with unmatched simplicity. They go beyond what is easy and expected to ensure that their products and practices are ethical and put both humanity and the human body first all of Hue's products are gluten-free dairy-free refined sugar-free and are not heavily processed whatsoever in fact i just bought myself the hue chocolate bundle this bundle includes options such as mint vanilla salt dark chocolate and many more i can i can't tell you guys my taste buds are just already jumping for joy just looking at all this good food so guys Use the code POD, that's POD, P-O-D, for 15% off your next purchase at HughKitchen.com. Once again, guys, that's POD, letters P-O-D, for 15% off at HughKitchen.com, and find out why Hugh helps people get back to human. We have a big matchup going into Week 6 against the New England Patriots, and I can't tell you guys, this is going to be... um, This is just going to be one hell of a game, you know what I mean? We have two teams in the New England Patriots and San Francisco 49ers that are kind of established but still kind of finding their way. Obviously, both teams are kind of ticky-tack with the injury bug right now. Patriots going through some offensive line issues with injuries. The 49ers going through injuries all over the place to begin with. So this is going to be one hell of a game moving forward, but I can't tell you guys how excited I am to really just witness this matchup take place i mean we have kyle shanahan one of the greatest offensive coordinators the league has seen in a long time and we have bill belichick just simply one of the greatest coaches of all time and i can't tell you this kind of matchup is just it's huge for the entire team it's huge for the niners and i will argue that's huge for the patriots too both of these teams are kind of in predicaments right now in terms of just winning where they stand in, in their own standings to begin with. As far as I know, the Patriots are in second place. The 49ers are in fourth place. And it's just not looking good for either one of these teams moving forward. So without further ado, man, let's get into it. This this breakdown is going to be pretty big. So I'm going to start with the Patriots offense, you guys. This is an offense that is still, I feel like, still kind of finding their way. Obviously, the quarterback position is led by Cam Newton. Cam Newton, according to PFF, comes in with a 74.3 offensive grade. His stats are a 68% completion percentage. He's thrown for 871 yards, two touchdowns, four interceptions. He's also carried the ball 45 times for five touchdowns. He's lost the ball twice, and he's ran for 225 yards. So the Patriots are kind of weird, man. They kind of run this style of offense where they will run option plays with cam newton but more often than not it's a lot of it's a lot of power running i want to say and and this includes james white rex burkhead sony michelle i believe he's playing i'm not sure he's hurt as far as i know damian harris and obviously cam newton himself so 
the Bill Belichick and the Patriots have not been afraid to run the ball. That's kind of been their thing for years. Even with Tom Brady, you know, Tom Brady has always been that kind of intermediate guy who's had a pretty decent deep ball but more often than not it's just check down city where he just he trusted his running backs left and right and that's why they had guys like james white and rex burkhead and even in the past like Dion lewis and when cordero patterson was there cordero was taking snaps at the running back position so overall this offense has always been kind of dinking and dunking and it's a little different with Cam Newton because here you have a guy in Cam Newton who naturally throughout Carolina has always been kind of a gunslinger, someone who can really just go out there and just throw the rock and throw it far. And one thing that's interesting about Cam Newton is that I've always thought his throwing motion was pretty funky. He kind of has this weird like like he drops his shoulder and then kind of chucks it in a sense, almost like almost like Philip Rivers. And that's not to say Cam Newton and Philip Rivers are the same per se, but both of their throwing motions are pretty weird nonetheless, so I can't really knock him too much. They have both have had their big-time success throughout the years. Cam Newton right now is 31 years old, and it doesn't seem like he's really peaking. It feels like at this point his prime is past him, especially with all the shoulder injuries. He himself, I feel like, has just regressed as a quarterback in terms of his throwing ability. But that's not to knock Cam Newton as the runner. Cam Newton is still a very tough physical runner that's hard to bring down. And he will lower his shoulder if he has to. And Cam Newton kind of made his living off of that in Carolina. And I know in Carolina they ran a lot of power too. Where Cam Newton was just, if he wasn't running an option, he was just led by a guard or a tackle. And that was his lead blocker. And you can expect Cam Newton to get 5 or 10 yards minimum. And based on Cam's numbers now, once again, 45 carries for 225 yards, Cam is still toting that rock, and he's still doing it pretty efficiently. So for the Patriots offense, I wouldn't be surprised if Cam Newton is going to have himself a pretty decent running day. Obviously, we know the 49ers defense has more or less been plagued with terrible, terrible defensive play, if you will, against mobile quarterbacks. And we saw that last season with guys like Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers struggled, but I mean, the Packers were bad as a whole. But the point being is that the Niners have tended to struggle against mobile quarterbacks. And the thing about Cam, what's weird is that he's not mobile in the sense that he will break a huge runoff like Kyler, Russ, or Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Cam has that ability to do that, but at this point in his career, it doesn't necessarily feel like Cam is kind of that guy anymore. But you watch the Patriots offense and you see that they will center a lot of power run plays around Cam Newton. You figure that with the ball in his hands, Cam is still that dynamic guy who will go out there and fight for as many yards as he can. And maybe he isn't the quarterback he once was. I I kind of don't think so personally. But I will say that I do think Cam is still pretty dominant as a runner, as a passer. It's a totally different story. And... Patriots offense this year is really just predicated off quarterback play and I mean you can argue that with any offense it's just it's just Cam Newton in particular is so I guess so polarizing for an offense that you don't know which one you're going to get are you going to get the Cam that's going to go out there and throw a couple interceptions like he has this year is he going to turn over the ball which he is very turnover prone by the way or are we going to get the Cam that Although his shoulder doesn't seem like it's helping him throwing, Cam will still sling that ball and he still has some good zip on it. So it's like a matter of which Cam are we going to see. And going up against this Niners defensive front, obviously no Bosa, no Blair, no Thomas, no D Ford. It's going to be kind of a kind of a toss up, if you will. 
So, one thing to point out here, Cam Newton, when he's pressured, has a 49.6 passer rating. 49.6, which is one of the worst in the leagues, in the league, if you will. And obviously, most quarterbacks are pretty bad under pressure, but Cam Newton in particular just really struggles when a guy gets in his face. So, this a day for the defensive line will be huge if we want to see overall defensive success, whether that's Kerry Hyder, Eric Armstead, Javon Kenlaw, who... All three of these guys have combined for 44 quarterback pressures, according to Pro Football Focus. So it's not that these guys aren't hitting home. You know, they're getting pressures. They're doing what they're supposed to do. It's just (laughs) they're not fully hitting home. They're not getting the sack totals that we saw last year. And obviously, Hyder wasn't on the team. Eric Armstead had a career year in terms of sacks last season. And obviously, Kinlaw wasn't on the team also. So you have no Buckner, no Bosa, no Ford, none of these guys. But... This defensive line is still getting the job done, I want to say, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to go out there and do everything they can to really just get in Cam Newton's face and stop him. I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Kosierik and Robert Sala dial up a lot of stunts, anything to really just throw Cam Newton off its game. One thing I want to point out is, as I have the Broncos and Broncos and Patriots going off on my TV right now, these teams played last week. What the Broncos tended to do was they blitzed corners and they blitzed safeties quite a bit. One of those things that uh, Vic Fangio and that defense did was they kind of filled those A to B gaps and really tried to hit Cam Newton up the middle and really either forced him out of the pocket or forced him to throw outside of the hashes, outside the boundaries, and really just have him kind of test his own accuracy. And Cam Newton's completion percentage, once again, is 68%. So by all means, that's pretty good in terms of Newton's overall career. But a lot of that is the benefit of short underneath routes or short shallow routes, two running backs and two tight ends to where these are really easy throws for Newton to hit. So it could be that kind of game that we're going to see from Newton to where we're not going to see a lot of deep balls. Obviously, the Patriots feature Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry. Harry, 18 receptions, one touchdown, 166 yards. Julian Edelman, 20 catches, 302 yards, no touchdowns. So I want to say that the Patriots wide receivers, with all due respect, won't really be that much of a factor. Obviously, Julian Edelman is still one of the better wide receivers in the league, but this is kind of one of those matchups where the 49ers secondary shouldn't necessarily be worried or scared that they're going to get attacked and attacked hard it's going to be another big jason Verrett and emmanuel mosley game obviously both of these two guys played very well against the los angeles rams this past week where they really just limited robert woods cooper cup and jared goff and they did not look good the 49ers corners look good but the rams offense did not so i don't expect the secondary to be tasked and challenged too much as far as i know i'm not too sure if tart's gonna play i think he came up on the injury report but it, you know, the 49ers are really weird with their injuries and kind of disclosing how that thing goes. So it's kind of a wait and see approach with those guys. But overall, like I said, the secondary shouldn't be put up to the task too much. Cam Newton is nothing to worry about, in my opinion. These wide receivers are nothing to worry about. The tight ends are really nothing to worry about. They feature Ryan Izzo, Dalton Keeney. So nothing too big, I want to say. The passing game for the Patriots is not that good. But I will say that the Patriots' run game as a whole is something that I would be a little more worried about. I talked about them a little bit, but Rex Burkin, James White, a couple of really dynamic running backs who can run the ball efficiency, efficiency, efficiently when they get a lead blocker 
or just when they get open space. And these guys are quick, shifty, not necessarily fast, but they will break tackles and they will fight for every single yard that they can. And that's that's basically been the Bill Belichick way for years on end. But even more so with these two guys, they are really just they they are like the perfect mold for Bill Belichick in terms of just what he wants from his running backs and I wouldn't be surprised if this is a really big running back day for the Patriots moving forward and that kind of that kind of leads me into this point is I think I think for the 49ers defense going forward in this game I think it will be just solely predicated on linebackers versus running backs and yeah, you can argue that, like normal, a lot of football games are kind of based in that sense. But even more so for the 49ers is that with Dre Greenlaw back and Fred Warner playing like an all-pro, these two guys are really going to be put up to the task in terms of attacking these running backs, attacking the tight ends, but more so the running backs and really limiting the damage of what Belichick wants to do with these guys. Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, once again, man, these guys are just absolute beasts. They've barely allowed over 200 yards of offense in terms of coverage. Warner, Greenlaw, both really dynamic, really solid linebackers who just know how to cover. Warner, very instinctual and rangy, who can cover every bit of blade of grass that he can on the football field. Jerry Greenlaw, not this fast, but he's basically like the Navarro Bowman to Fred Warner's Patrick Willis, if you will. So it's going to be really those two versus Burkhead and White. And again, Cam isn't something that I would be too worried about. The wide receivers and tight ends will likely be a non-factor in this Patriots offense. So it's really just all Cam Newton running the ball, Cam Newton options, and what Belichick wants to do with the running backs, you guys. I really, that's just kind of the bottom line. We've seen Bill Belichick do that with the Patriots offense for years and years and years, and nothing has changed. Obviously, the quarterback has changed. The offensive line is still really, really solid, I want to say. They're 8th overall according to Football Outsiders, but 20th in pass protection. So this will be a big 49ers defensive line type of day. I brought it up earlier, but Eric Armstead, Kerry Hyder, Javon Kinlaw. Um, I can't think of his name. I'm brain farting right now. Deion Jordan, I'm sorry. Him, all these guys are going to go out there and have the chance to really have themselves a solid day. But just because they're 20th in pass protection, the Patriots, I mean, doesn't mean they'll still go out there and have themselves a day as well. Guard Joe Thune, 76.9 according to PFF, no penalties, three pressures. Michael Onwenu, another guard, rookie by the way, playing really well. Only has allowed four pressures all year so far. Isaiah Wynn, kind of like their weakest offensive lineman, I want to argue. One penalty, nine pressures, two sacks allowed. Both those sacks came up against Denver. So take that as you will. Denver has always featured a really stout defensive line, and Wynn probably matched up against Bradley Chubb. So that's that's no easy task to begin with. And then Illuminor, no penalties, three pressures, one sack. So kind of the missing pieces on this offensive line are guard Shaq Mason and center David Andrews. Andrews was not on the injury report, but as far as I know, he had surgery on his thumb and he was eligible to return week six from IR, but I haven't really heard anything about that as far as I know. And then as for Shaq Mason, Shaq Mason has been limited to pra- limited in practice the past two weeks, so he will probably be questionable moving forward. But to really wrap it up against this Patriots offense, you guys, it's going to be a really big linebackers versus running backs day. Can the linebackers cover those guys? Can they just hold their assignments, limit the damage, and just go out there and make tackles and make plays? We know Warner and Greenlaw can do that. I mean, everyone calls Greenlaw the law or big play Greenlaw 
you know, everyone has all these nicknames these days, just because of his clutch factor and his ability to go out there and just lay the wood. Dre Greenlaw is not afraid to go out there and smack someone in the mouth, and that's kind of the name of football these days. And they're going to have to do that against a James White, against a Rex Burkhead, and especially against a Cam Newton. This is going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see how Josh McDaniels, the Patriots offensive coordinator, goes up and attacks this 49ers front, this 49ers defense. This season has been really, really stingy. According to Football Outsiders, they're ranked 11th overall on defense. So even with all the injuries, you guys, Robert Sala and the unit have just been getting the job done. And I know in the losses this year to Miami and, and Philadelphia and Arizona, it hasn't looked that good. But when you figure how they've done, obviously the Arizona game was a lot closer than it should have been. We should have beat Philadelphia. And I'm just going to throw the Miami Dolphins game away. That's the bottom line. But really, the unit has gone out there and just done the job. And they've executed pretty well, I'd say. I mean, they smoked the New York Jets team, the Giants team. And they just really shut down the Los Angeles Rams. So we don't necessarily know what unit we're going to see from Robert Sala in the defense. But I will say that going up against this Patriots offense, I do not think it'll be a it'll be a Miami Dolphins game once again. I really hope we don't ever see a game like that from the defense ever. But it you know it's football, man. It happens. It's just part of the game. Everyone goes out there and lays a stinker. And I thought Philadelphia was a stinker, but Miami was even more of a stinker. So it goes both ways depending on how you look at it. But anyways, I'm getting sidetracked. The bottom line here, you guys, is that. Linebackers versus running backs are going to be key. Warner and Greenlaw need to lock down in coverage. They need to do everything they can, whether they're blitzing, whether they're covering, whether they're trying to contain the quarterback. Anything to really just slow down McDaniels, Cam Newton, and that offense. And it will be a pretty easy day for them moving forward. I don't think the bottom line here is that I don't think the Patriots offense is intimidating by any means, but they are, I feel like the type of offense where if you give them a lot of momentum, if you really give Newton and those guys a lot of rhythm, they will be pretty frustrating to stop. And the Patriots are pretty good on third down. They're pretty good at running the ball to begin with. And they just kind of do it all. It might not be the best and it might not look pretty, but this season in general hasn't been pretty at all, especially for the 49ers. But at 3-3, three and three, they've been able to get the job done so far somehow. So you got to go out there and execute. That's really all it takes at this point in the season, even with that, with the, all the injuries moving forward. They just got to go out there, execute, do their job, and get the job done. And I really believe they can do that, man. I really, really do. So moving on from the offense, you guys, I want to start talking about this Patriots defense now. It's... um. It's been kind of a kind of a weird showing for the defense. Obviously, you lose Tom Brady, you kind of you don't lose the team, but it just feels like with the changing of the dynamic of the team on the offense, you kind of see how that trickles down to the defense in a sense. And obviously, Cam Newton and Tom Brady are two entirely different quarterbacks in terms of how they play, their styles of play. But one thing you can say is that Newton is way more turnover worthy than Tom Brady has been. Tom Brady was throughout his time in New England and we see Newton will turn the ball over and when those turnovers happen they will put the team in bad positions more often than not so this defense albeit with Newton and kind of his risky QB play has still been pretty good the secondary is still a very solid unit so before I get into it some of these numbers via PFF are they're kind of skewed but kind of roll with it here i don't want to say that these numbers are good or bad but i want to say that 
once you hear these numbers, I don't want them to be an indicator of the players' I guess overall play. But moving on here, guys, I'm gonna start with Stephon Gilmore, 64.4 according to PFF. See, and that's what I was talking about, where Stephon Gilmore isn't a 64. We know who Gilmore is. Maybe it's just one touchdown allowed or two touchdowns allowed that really lowered that score. But some people treat PFF like the Bible. I don't want to. I just want to give you guys an idea of just kind of how their season has been going, I guess. But anyways, guys, from Stephon Gilmore, 64.4. He's been targeted 21 times, given up 13 catches for 192 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, one pass breakup, and he's been penalized four times. The cornerback opposite of Gilmore, J.C. Jackson, the best player on the team in my opinion, 82.7 grade, 18 targets, 12 catches, 145 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, no penalties, and four pass breakups. So these two corners that the Patriots feature are still very, very solid guys on paper, man. Obviously, according to PFF, Gilmore is like having a very bad season, but I'm not going to look into that at all. The bottom line is that you still call him Stefan Lockdown Gilmore for a reason. Gilly Lock, I believe his Twitter handle is. And Gilmore is just good. He's just a very good cornerback. I believe he won Defensive Player of the Year for the AFC. I think they do that, something like that. But the bottom line is that Gilmore is no pushover, and he never will be for a really long time. That's just how good he is. And then you have J.C. Jackson in his wing, who arguably arguably looks like he's going to take over for Gilmore as the next best cornerback in the entire league. J.C. Jackson go, goes up there, and he's just very physical at the line. He's very physical and press man. He's very smart at diagnosing zone. And you have a guy in Jackson who really can just do it all. So in terms of the cornerbacks, I want to say that don't overlook them don't overlook their quote-unquote bad pff grades but just understand that who they are who they're being coached by in bill belichick one of the greatest defensive masterminds football has seen one of the greatest coaches the league has ever seen and don't just go out there thinking that Ayuk and debo are gonna own them gilmore has his moments of getting owned i guess but more often than not gilmore will go out there and still lock it down um, moving on to the back end of the secondary, the safety is Devin McCourty, 76th grade, 5 targets, 2 catches allowed for 32 yards, 1 interception, no penalties, and 1 pass breakup. Really good from a free safety perspective. Obviously, McCourty isn't really targeted too much in coverage, but when he is, he will go out there and make a play on the ball, or he will just go out there and make a play on the receiver. So, McCourty is obviously one of the better safeties in the league, something to look out for. And then looking at the second quote-unquote worst secondary piece out of the starters, Jonathan Jones, 71.5. He's featured as the strong safety. And this is where PFF is kind of weird because I don't really quite understand this, but he's been targeted 36 times for 20 catches, 218 yards, two touchdowns, an interception, three pass breakups, and one penalty. So I don't know if those 36 targets in coverage are specifically like teams attacking him so much or if it's just like if John Jones is like in the vicinity of the ball being thrown and they consider that a target on him. But I don't know. PFF is really wacky. So I'm, I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. I don't know if John Jones has actually been targeted 36 times. But in any event, it seems like Jones more or less is the weakest link in terms of that secondary and in terms of coverage. Obviously, great say otherwise. But again, I'm going to overlook that entirely. The bottom line here is that this secondary is nothing to be like, like, not worried about but the opposite of that is nothing that you should think that this team can go out and just roll over and attack 
you're you're not going to expect Bill Belichick to just lay an egg on defense and let the Niners run up and down and score 30-plus points on offense. It's not going to be that kind of game. It's going to be the type of game where Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk or even George Kittle, depending on if Gilmore is on him or John Jones, is going to go out there and have a good game or if they're just going to get shut down. And that's not to say Shanahan is going to let that happen, and that's not to say that that will happen with these guys in general because more often than not, we see Debo and Ayuk and Kittle all get their own sense of separation, if you will, to where these guys almost always have a step or two on their man. But the bottom line is that Bill Belichick is going to make these guys' lives hell. And that's not to say that they're going to get shut down, like I said, but it will be a difficult day for them. And that means I really think it will be a diff- difficult day for Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously, this is kind of the bigger storyline, but this is Jimmy Garoppolo's first game in New England since his trade from New England to the San Francisco 49ers. So kind of a lot to unpack here, but I will say that in terms of Jimmy Garoppolo's throwing ability, I wouldn't be surprised if this will be another kind of a kind of like the Rams game if you will where Jimmy Garoppolo won't be asked to make big throws or really do too much I really think this will be a big scheme heavy day for Kyle Shanahan and obviously Shanahan is just that's just who he is man he will scheme open to anything and everything that he possibly can but I have the sense that Garoppolo may not have himself a really nice day and that's not me not being a believer in him because I want Garoppolo to succeed it's just that Bill Belichick knows his tendencies and I'm sure even though it was a few years ago that he still remembers enough about Garoppolo and has enough film on him from the past to really understand what he is now and what he does and what Shanahan has him do and that's just what great defensive coaches do. That's what great coaches do in Bill Belichick. And they exploit and find any weakness possible. And that's going to back what I was talking about earlier about how this is one of the best head coaching matchups of the season I think we'll see between Belichick and Shanahan. It's a matter of where is Belichick going to find our weaknesses on offense? Who is he going to exploit? And right now, I think that's Jimmy Garoppolo. And then you flip the page, if you will, and you look at Kyle Shanahan and you think, okay, Shanahan will likely try to avoid that secondary, but I wouldn't be surprised if he really goes out there and just attacks the Patriots linebackers because led by Juwan Bentley, the Patriots linebackers are, I I arguably think, are the weakest link on that entire defense. So is it going to be a big Kittle day? Is it going to be a big running back day um, catching passes out of the backfield? It's... This is one of those games this year where I really don't know who I think is going to win. And I'm not saying I don't believe in the 49ers, but the bottom line here is that I really don't see how this game is easy for either team. Both teams have their struggles on offense and defense respectively, and it's a matter of who's going to win this ugly game of football. And I don't mean ugly in the sense that it's going to be like four turnovers for each team or anything, but I mean it's going to be ugly in the sense that that one turnover that may happen or that one blown coverage or that one busted play where there's a fumble or there's a 50-yard game might really just determine this game. And that's just what happens with great coaches and great teams. And you look at the Super Bowl with Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan, it's like one busted coverage by Richard Sherman or getting toasted and then Jimmy Ward missed Reid. And all of a sudden the Chiefs are driving up the field 40, 50 yards every other play. And that's just football, man. It happens. That's the name of the game. But you take this kind of coaching matchup now and you see that both of these teams really just – 
not rely on that one big play, but I will say I think they rely on that one defining moment that'll really just settle everything and kind of just lay the land and see where these teams rest for the game. And I think we'll see that early, you guys. I really think we'll see both teams go out there, try and get that one big playoff and really see what's going to happen from there. We see a lot of these deep passes executed in football early on in games, so coaches and offenses and defenses I want to say can really just gauge on how the team is going to play what their style is going to be for that game so much is yet to be determined about what's going to happen obviously I'm recording on a Thursday night so it it just depends man it really depends but anyways that was a big rant I'm sorry moving back to the Patriots defense though I really think this will be a big 49ers rushing game type day the Patriots much like their linebackers do not feature really intimidating defensive line outside of Chase Winovich Winovich has been their best defender on that line in my opinion at a 65.9 grade but he's gotten 15 pressures and three sacks and this guy is just relentless he came out of college with a really high motor he's not that he's white (laughs) but he's like the perfect bill belichick defensive lineman mold in terms of just how he plays high motor relentless tackling machine will go out there and make any play that he can but outside of winovich you guys that's kind of really it for this patriots defensive line obviously they don't feature anywhere near the talent they that they have had in prior years so It's going to be a really nice day for the run game, I believe. And obviously with no Raheem Mostert, this is going to be the big Shanahan running back type rotation day where I think we'll see a lot of Jarek McKinnon. We'll see a lot of Jeff Wilson Jr. barring his ankle injury. And we'll finally get to see the electric and shifty Jermichael Hasty. And all three of these guys have their own dynamic type ability. Jarek McKinnon right now, I think, is that guy who's going to get the lead carries. He's going to kind of be that do-it-all guy where... Yeah, he doesn't have that third gear like Mostert does or arguably Jermichael Hasty, from what we've seen. But Jarek McKinnon will still hit that second gear pretty fast and he'll get up to the second level pretty quick in my opinion if the blocking holds. So it it really just depends. Obviously Shanahan just loves to use his running back situationally. I mean, for all we know, we'll see Jeff Wilson on first and 15, but we'll see Jermichael Hasty on third and inches. So that's just kind of what Shanahan does, man. He utilizes his running backs in all kinds of ways. But the bottom line is that between Jarek McKinnon, Jeff Wilson, and Jermichael Hasty, these three guys have combined for over 300 rushing yards and four touchdowns. And obviously that's outside of Jarek McKinnon, more or less. But that's still with some limited amount of carries between three guys. So it'll be that... Not the three-headed monster we've all been wanting to see because we still don't have Tevin Coleman and obviously Raheem Mostert is out. But these guys are still very dynamic and very efficient in their own way. And I think Shanahan will do everything he can to really just utilize these guys to his advantage. So for this game, man, I really think it's going to be the 49ers offensive line and running backs just going out there and attacking that New England defensive front. The New England Patriots' defense is 18th against a rush, according to Football Outsiders, 14th overall in DVOA. But here's the big thing here, guys, I want to bring up. The New England Patriots are allowing over 4.5 yards per carry, and this is actually about exact, 4.52 yards per carry. So they are giving up you know, a first down on the ground on three consecutive plays, if you want to look at it from that perspective. So they are definitely exposable. This defensive front and that front seven from New England is definitely no, or the opposite of a pushover. I can't really think of the word. They're they're just an, an easy unit to attack. 
And Shanahan, of all coaches in the entire league, loves to exploit any type of weakness that he can, you guys. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of those games where Jimmy Garoppolo is going to pass 15 to 20 times. But each running back might get 5 to 10 carries. And we could see the running backs get triple the amount of carries that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to throw the ball with. So it it's one of those things where... You want the Niners to really just be careful, and you don't want to see any turnovers. But here you have Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Kendrick Bourne, all these pass-catching guys who can go out there and make some kind of plays. And you know what? Now that I think about it, I definitely wouldn't be surprised if we see some Ayuk and Debo Samuel carries as well, you guys. Kyle Shanahan is just, you know he's drooling at the teeth just thinking about how he can utilize his wide receivers in, in the run game. Obviously, the Patriots don't feature any good linebackers outside of Jawan Bentley, who is all right. So we have wide receivers who basically are running backs who can just create and be dynamic in the open field. And really, it's like it's really like the Patriots is back four, back five, depending on their defense, whether they're in base or dime or nickel. And it'll be that secondary versus our run game. Are these running backs going to be ready? Is the 49ers offensive line ready to participate and really just step up and perform just like they did against the Los Angeles Rams where we saw a guy in Daniel Brunskill just manhandle Aaron Donald all night long and just make him irrelevant? Obviously, the Patriots don't feature anyone on that defense or at that defensive line near Donald's caliber, but you still have Bill Belichick who can get those guys to play as a collective just as good as Aaron Donald I think so it it's tough you guys it's really tough but I it's it's weird I, I know I'm kind of kind of slipping here but I want to say it's really weird the Patriots are a team I don't think are really de- that intimidating they're still finding their way injuries have taken a toll on this team Bill Belichick has been working with not pennies and dimes but just guys on that offense and defense that are just kind of what he has to work with and they're unfortunately for him plug and play but that unfortunate that type of misfortune for Belichick is really fortune favor for us and yeah we have no Poso we have no Ford and Mostert and Tevin Coleman but the bottom line here is that the offense is as healthy outside of Mostert as it'll ever be the defense albeit with the injuries is starting to really come together and find their way and if the 49ers can find that continuity as a whole and really just put everything together like they did against the Rams I think this is 49ers team that even with these ugly losses I still think they can sneak in as that first or second wild card and I don't know if they can compete against Seattle and arguably Arizona at this point but with with the way 2020 has been and with the new playoff format anything is possible you guys I know it's been the end of the world for some of us including myself with how bad Garoppolo had looked in the past against Miami how bad it was with Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard but there's still hope it's still relatively early in the season the Niners just acquired Jordan Willis from the New York Jets via trade so there's a trade market that's still open and optionable for the 49ers to make some noise so there's lots of things that this team can do, but it starts with winning games one at a time. And at the end of the day, they got to go out there and beat this New England team, you guys. They got to go out there and just make a statement. Dominate the Patriots, man. I know it's Bill Belichick, and I know Belichick will really just go out there and try not to lose by 20 or 30. But again, I have the Patriots and Broncos game from last week up on my TV right now, and the Broncos are winning 18 to 12. 
And the Broncos, in my opinion, are nowhere near the team that the 49ers are. So, really, you have a team in the Niners that can go out there and just attack, 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 and not have to be afraid of a Patriots offense that is scoring 12 points against a Denver defense that is just as hurt as ours. They have no Vaughn Miller. They have no decent linebackers. Their secondary has been weakened, and that kind of sounds a lot like the 49ers, I'd say, you guys. So, overall... My biggest keys to victory for for the whole big picture, I'll start with offense. Run the ball, good offensive line play, and limit turnovers. If the offense can do these three things, which really just feels like the story moving forward for these guys, I think they can go out there, execute, and get the job done and really just make everything simple. As for the defense for the 49ers guys, pressure Cam Newton. Cam Newton is nowhere near an NFL level quarterback when he is pressured, as is his 41 quarterback rating suggests. Wide receivers and tight ends are nothing that this team should feature, and or not feature, but fear and really have to worry about. And just go out there and get ready to cover James White and Rex Burkhead. If you can go out there and just shut down those running backs, shut down Cam Newton running the ball, to begin with this should be a day where the Niners defense I really believe can hold the Patriots to 15 points or less that sounds pretty bold regarding Bill Belichick and him and just who he is in terms of just that coaching hierarchy but the bottom line is that Belichick does not have the roster that he's been working with the past few years and the defense is there but the offense just is stale I really think it's a stale Patriots offense so if the Niners can Niners defense can go out there and just make a statement pressure cam sack him force some turnovers on cam it'll be a really solid day for the team and I think the 49ers can come out with a W I really do and you guys I guess this will kind of lead into my conclusion here I believe the 49ers are going to go out there and not dominate. It'll be a pretty close game, but I will say that the 49ers just have the advantage, man. They have the advantage in terms of just coaching staff as a whole, I think. And that's not to knock Bill Belichick, but right now it feels like Kyle Shanahan is the 1A in terms of their situation and what they're dealing with and how they've handled it. And Bill Belichick is that 1B where he's been able to work with everything at his disposal. It just hasn't worked as well as the 49ers, I think. And it it depends on how you look at it, but you can argue either or. Right now, you guys, I have to rule the 49ers, and I'm going to try and put my fan bias aside. But looking at the numbers and looking at the statistics, this game just leans 49ers the Patriots have not been very good this season I think they've been very underwhelming the 49ers have been too but when you watch the 49ers play you watch a team that can go out there and when they're executing and when they're firing on all cylinders like we saw against the Rams like we saw against the New York teams the the what do I say the ceiling the sky is the limit there it is the sky is the limit for this 49ers team still even with the injuries so I gotta give them the edge I really do 49ers 24 Patriots 15 I think I'm going to roll with that 15 number for the Patriots but I think the 49ers on defense will do everything they can to shut down Cam Newton in the offense and I think Fred Warner and everyone on that team will have themselves a really nice day as for the 49ers offense I wouldn't be surprised if we see a Garoppolo interception or two but we could see that counted with a Cam Newton fumble or interception as well so I think they'll kind of play hand in hand, but the bottom line here is that I think Shanahan is going to try and make Garoppolo's day easy by just really limiting him to intermediate and short passes like he's been doing. Trust play action and trust that the run game is going to open up play action. Again, 18th against a rush, 
The Patriots have allowed over four and a half yards per carry. This should be a big day for anyone whose name is Jarek McKinnon, Jeff Wilson Jr., Jermichael Hasty, Debo Samuel, the running back, or Brandon Ayuk, the running back. Any of these guys can step up in the run game, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see it from there. Obviously, they have a big game to win on Sunday after losing to Arizona and losing to Philly and Miami. The 49ers have a lot of ground to cover. Every win matters, and every loss is more bigger than a win, I want to say. So go out there and get the dub, guys. 24-15, 49ers. It's going to be a not a snooze fest, but it'll be a, just a nice easy going day i think for the 49ers where we might get a little bit of stress like we always seem to do with niners football but i think they'll go out there and get the job done guys i really do so guys i just want to say that wraps it up no zach zach i miss you can't wait to have you on once again but guys thank you so much for listening thank you guys so much for tuning in as always guys follow me on twitter 49ers perry that's team name 49ers perry p-e-r-r-y also follow the red and gold standard podcast on twitter rgs pod follow our main account 49ers hive all together it's team name 49ers hive h-i-v-e and as always guys Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast.